on for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for being with us here this morning as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list. We shortchanged Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com, on Monday. So we're going to get him in here to recap the Oh, the uh, game last night, the basketball game. I know he was at uh, Hilton along uh, with, uh, I don't know what the crowd was. Didn't look bad on uh, ESPN Plus. Alabama State goes down uh, by eight. Clones favored 20, Trent, 20, and they, and they, uh, they won by eight. Closed at 19. Uh, anyways, it's a win, and they're 3-0, and and we will talk to Michael Swain about that, about football, uh, perhaps about Matt Campbell's conf- uh, comments. I'm sure we, you and I will um, spend some time on that here in the opening segment of the program. Uh, Michael Swain at 10.30. Kenny White from Las Vegas in his spot about 10.50. David Kaplan will join us uh, from vacation. But he wants to be a part of the show, and we are glad to have him, and he'll be here at 11.05. And then Mitch Holtis on board at 11.30 to talk about those, dare I say, now red-hot Kansas City Chiefs who've won three in a row. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll talk to Mitch Holtis coming up at 11.30. Hawks win, clones win, neither one of them the most aesthetically pleasing, but they go in the win column nonetheless. Jordan Bohannon misses his first shot, makes his second shot, and then proceeds to miss every one of the remaining shots that he took in the basketball game. Iowa State was one for 20 from three. Not the prettiest of games, Trent, but uh, for Tuesday night, we'll take them. Yeah, it was a win is a win, I guess is what some people would want to say. These are two awful teams that they played. Yeah. They, they're really, really... And Iowa gets Alabama State Thursday? Yes. Yeah, they'll stay in state, make their yeah. way over to Iowa City, hang out there, and then uh, proceed to, I'm sure, their next bye game. That they'll uh, be <laughs> right. a cupcake for. So these are two awful teams. There's no two ways about right. it. They're just they're bad. Yep, and they're from bad conferences. Mm-hmm. They do not help as it pertains to your power numbers, Ken Palm, whatever rating system you look at. These are not games that are going to help you in those metrics. But with two young teams, yep, two teams that are learning how to play together. One of them won two games last year. Right now they've won three. Right. But we got to slow down on both of these. I. I Towards the end of the Iowa State game, and I understand it's exciting in that moment. You mm-hmm. get the the putback dunk off the mm-hmm. rebound. That was awesome. Yep. And you get the, the breakaway from Hunter, and he slams it down, and that seals the game and the excitement. But Iowa State basketball is fun again. Whoa. Slow down. Defensively, I they're fun. They've got a lot of work to do on the offensive end of the floor. But these platitudes that are being put out. Here it comes. It's mm-hmm. slow But on, on the other hand, Trent, I get it. Because last year, being a fan of Iowa State basketball, it just had to be miserable, right? Sure. It's just torture. Yeah. So I get the fact. And they're the most optimistic fan base I've ever seen, period. So I understand why they're going down this road. 
and it's fascinating this morning to watch them twist themselves in knots over what their football coach said. I'll get to that in a second. You know, I just um, one one criticism, and and I think Scott Christofferson's going to be really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good. Him and Bloom, it's a good listen. Yeah, I don't know if this is Christofferson's. Has he done it before? I thought so. You know, when he? I saw him the first time a week ago. Like yeah, I think I thought he had done games. I'm not positive though. Well, I think he could. I mean, if he aspires to go on and you know mm-hmm. to branch out a little bit, I think he's got the ability to do so. Obviously, sees the game from a player's perspective. He's a good listen. If you know Scott Christofferson, pass this along. There's one word you can't say. It starts with W, ends in E. We. Oui. You can't say that. It's a national. If you're Eric Heft, you can. Right. Yes. You're not Eric Heft. You're not doing the Iowa State broadcast. This is, air quote, a national broadcast. Sure. You can't use we. You just can't. He did it a couple of times. Drives me nuts. But he's good. Yeah. But remove that from the equation. And you're right there. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a good listen. And Bloom's great. Yeah. He I mean, does Brent a Bloom's job. a pro. Yeah. I mean, um, his math is a little off, but yeah, <laughs> that's a different conversation yeah. as it pertains to play-by-play. Right. I'm with you. He does a really good no, job. He really does. And Christofferson, again, he's got a good future. Just use that uh, lose we, and, and you're going to be fine. And I get why he uses it. I mean, he wore the team. Absolutely. This is a jersey. It, it's a little easier for him to say we. Right. He was we. Right. He, we, we, when you're in the bar, you... Um, this is Scott's third game. Thank you, Heather. I didn't know that. Uh, he's doing very well. Anyways, you lose we and you're going to be fine. The game itself, eh. <laughs> Hunter, so Tyrese Hunter. I, I think that's the conversation piece because Brockington is what he is. Yep. Never going to be a great offensive player, nope. but he's a hustle. Yep. He's going to get after it on both ends of the floor. He's going to get garbage points. He's going to do those kind of things. Never going to be a great shooter, but he is what he is, and he's really good for what he does. Tyrese Hunter. So we're built this top 100 point guard. Mm-hmm. Programs cross country wanted him. Mm-hmm. You know, not a scoring point guard, if you will. And I had a lot of thoughts of Monte Morris, and I think he runs a team much like Monte did. Now, mm-hmm. remember when Monte came in his first year? First, he was a backup. He right. was not the starting point guard, right. and he was able to come in there. And even with that second unit, yeah, Kane was Kane was. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't giving up his minutes, and nor should he at that time. They had dudes though, yeah. and it was your facilitator. Mm-hmm. And then he morphed and became more of a scorer as his career progressed. Hunter is further along as a scorer than Monte Morris was at this time. He sees the game incredibly well. The defensive accolades that he is going to have, too. That dude can ball up on that end of the floor. He can run a team. He is, to me, the perfect point guard for what this program is going to build into. Otzelberger, whatever he did to keep him on the dotted line. Well, those are his most important recruits. Not even close. Right. To look at all these different guys, look at who's yep. coming into next year's class. And, of course, I got Lipsy and I got the King Kid from Minnesota. No, no, no. This is how you build mm-hmm. a program with a point guard like this. I love this dude. Yeah, he's fun. I am absolutely fun. all in, head first, diving in. Tyrese Hunter is going to be a star, an absolute star. And if this program builds up to be a tournament team again very quickly, it's going to be it on the back of Tyrese Hunter. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in Iowa City, it was a late start. Uh, 8 o'clock tip. Big Ten Network had it. Jess Settles, another good listen in his own right. Listening to you. I'm not sure who did the play-by-play, but they, it was good. I like Jess. Jess is a good guy. Um, the game itself. Yuck. I mean, Murray got his. <laughs> yes, he did. In a big, big way. Speaking of stars. Yeah, speaking of stars. Enjoy them while you can. Because yeah, this kid's you got about 28 games long gone. Him. Patrick McCaffrey's going to have a big year. I, I like the fact that Perkins and Ulis, 
Again, this is a terrible team. But they maybe a little bit of confidence being built amongst those two guys sure. in the minutes they got uh, in the basketball game. Rabracha was okay. He's okay. Yeah, yeah he's okay. Uh, Bohannon just couldn't make a shot to save his life. One of the good things, though, that I saw out of that was Bohannon stunk. And in those games, how many times over the past five-plus years mm-hmm. now have we seen him still out there playing 32 minutes? Yep. Wasn't the case last night. Nope. Because if Bohannon is not making shots, he's frankly not a good basketball player. He just isn't. Yeah, He's not a plus defender. Right. He, yeah, he can pass the ball, mm-hmm. but he's not And, and also... he had a couple of highlight uh, reel passes last night. Right, right. Bounce past, a, I think it was Connor, or no, it was Patrick, I think, in the in every Yeah, anyways. and Patrick got yeah. the dunk on yeah. that one. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he can still help your team, but he's not on a plus level mm-hmm. when he's not hitting shots. It's right. just... That's who he is as a basketball player. But instead of still trotting him out there and trying to get the record and doing all those things, no, we're going to the second unit. And Tony Perkins, who really struggled, can't remember which one of the games. It was one of the, these first games. Good to really see last struggled. night he turned it around. He turned it around. Yeah. We know what kind of defender he can be. Hit a shot. Euless hit a three. These are the moments that you need. Because ultimately, is Toussaint going to be a guy that is at a high-level game and a game out? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. you're still going to see... Consistency. That means you need Ulysses. Mm-hmm. And a game like this where Bohannon is not hitting his shot, you need somebody else that can do other things out there. And now you have that with Perkins. That was the growing moment. But outside of getting the free throw line, that offense yeah. looked ragged. No, it, it did. But you know what? When I watched this team, um, I think, uh, how many have they played? Three? I think I've seen two of them. We've seen two or three. No, there was one on BTN Plus it the was, other yeah. night, right? Friday night. But this team looks to me as though you know they're, they've got a chance to be a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. Yeah. They're not going to contend for the, you know, they're not going to be one of the ones we're listening at the, listing at the top. No, they're not going to compete with Purdue. No, of course not. But they, they're going to, you know, com- maybe win nine, With a break games. here and there. And yeah, you're... You're sitting there in the 8-9 spot. Mm-hmm. And maybe We're talking about them in late February. We're mm-hmm. looking at the schedule that's coming up. Well, if they could do this, this, and this, then maybe. I think that that's what this team is all about. Let's get to Matt Campbell because, Trent, I've never heard anything more ridiculous in the 26 years that I've been doing this, and I've been a sports fan longer than that. I mean, can you imagine how confused Herma Edwards would be if he heard those words here this morning? What? You don't play to win the game? I mean, Jesus... What is he? Is he moving the goalposts? It How feels can that this not be your goal? It's your player's goal, but this isn't your goal, Matt Camp. Your goal is to be the most together team in the history of Iowa State. So when December turned to January last year and one after another raising their hand, they're coming back. Was their goal to be because they weren't close enough? As a team, Let, what people, am I missing? For people that haven't heard the audio, here it is, uh, 48 seconds from yesterday's Matt Campbell press conference. How do you, as a coach, view goals? Because at the beginning of the season, you, your players, the goal was Big 12 championship. Oh, not me. That was never my goal. Okay. My goal has always been one thing, and that's to become the best version of ourselves we can become. So you've never heard me say that word once. Um, you've only heard me talk about becoming the best version of yourself you can be. And really, my challenge for this year's team was to become the greatest together team in the history of Iowa State football. And so far, all of our goals are still intact from a Coach Campbell standpoint. Now, could our players have other goals and aspirations? Sure. Do I want them to have great goals and aspirations? Sure. But that's not Coach Campbell's goal. That was never said by me. So when I log on to ESPN.com and I'm looking at the Big 12 standings, I see W's and L's. Where do we keep track of the most togetherness team in the conference? And what's the reward for that? How do you measure that? It feels very much like what we saw. Was it Pruitt at Tennessee? 
talking about their champions of life. And it completely How'd fell that apart go over? After. Awful. Right. Absolutely awful. But here's the thing. It's not going over awful in Cyclone Land. Trent, they're tying themselves up in knots to, to make heads or tails out of what their head coach just said. Can you imagine? Do you, do you think Tom Brands ever said that? No. Yeah, Penn State, they got us. But you know what? We were together. Kale Sanderson? Yeah. Hmm. We're champions. Right. What is this? I... If they're three and nine, but they're together, is that somehow okay? Do you think Jamie Pollard hired you because he thought that you could really bring teams together? Of course not. It's about winning championships. And to say that's not a goal, that's asinine. Then what's the goal? What's the point? It's togetherness, apparently, Trent. That's it? Apparently. Well, you can find somebody for a lot less money that can get togetherness as your number if one. If Ben goal. Visser would have asked Matt Campbell this, Yesterday, and they were ten and zero, and getting set to play Oklahoma. About your goals are still intact. Mm-hmm. You beat Oklahoma, and you punch your ticket to Dallas. Do you think he would? No, no, no. This was never my goal. Of course, he wouldn't have. They're six and four. They are moving the goal. I've never heard a coach say that ever, ever. What's? I mean, when you when the team gathers for their team banquet, do they reward the? player who sits with I mean how do you do this most popular player on the team's a thing now you know we hear about the wussification of a generation and those kind of things Trent, what's happening to sports does everybody get a ribbon in Matt Campbell's world that's what it feels like here's your juice box go sit down we're six and four it's fine it's not no, fine. it's not fine it's not fine this is the most Nor anticipated be fine. football season in Iowa State football history they're six and four and now we're throwing out togetherness that's the number one goal of Matt Campbell. If that's if that's true, if this is not just coach speak, there's a problem. This isn't coach speak. I think he believes this. Well, I don't know if he does or not. I hope he does. What what does winning in the margins mean? What is winning in the dark and all these other stupid cliches that See, continue can, to get thrown out? I agree, out? but I can put up with those. This this one though, it's not about winning championships. Of course it is. Why do you keep score? When have you ever, anybody in the audience, played a game, a sport, whether you're in high school, whether it's softball, co-ed softball? I mean, in some cases, maybe you're playing because you want to meet the right fielder. I get it. Um, It's always about winning. Always about winning. There's nothing else. And we're not talking about peewee football here. This is Big 12 football. Where people are paying a boatload of money to get in and watch your games. And you're making millions of dollars to bring kids together to have the most together team in the history of Iowa State? What would it hurt to say, yeah, we're disappointed. We're disappointed inside That's our That's the room. only answer. Instead? And he can say it in third person like he, refu- like he refers to himself. Trey kind of thinks this is asinine. I right. Just, I, I don't get it. And and the, and to just to take it back to where your point is, the fact that they're twisting themselves in knots to understand. Yep, you know what? There's more than just winning. Right. There's more than just. Can you imagine? Does does Ferentz get a pass on Cyclone Fanatic that comes up on one of their threads Never. that they that they've got Nebraska's record in the Big Ten? If Scott Frost said that last week to oh. the media, do you think that fans Cyclone Hawkeye? And Husker fans would have been okay with that. They would have still been ridiculing him. And here we are, twisting yourself in a knot. That's exactly what's going on. It's okay, Cyclone fans, A, to be disappointed. That's another you thing I continue to You should be disappointed. And, well, you know, no. You had everything in front of you this year. You had everything right on your plate 
to make a run, to get back to the title of the game, to break through. All these were in front of you, and he didn't. And that's disappointing. And that's okay to say, Cyclone fans. It's okay to be disappointed. And it's okay to call out your coach if you come up with something like this. Champions of togetherness? Yeah. And come on. Instead of your reading, I couldn't love this coach anymore. I mean, Matt Campbell gets it. Jamie Pollard didn't hire you to bring teams together. No. Jamie Pollard hired you to win football games, to put fannies in seats, to put up a banner for winning a Big 12 championship, for winning 10 football games, something that Iowa State has never, ever, ever done before. It is not acceptable to be the most together team. It's all about wins and losses. That's it. Ference says it. Frost says it. Any other coach says it. It's a 30-page thread already on Fanatic.com. Already. This case, it's kumbaya. Our coach gets it. He's special. He's different. I don't get it. I don't either. And maybe that's why they are what they are. Yeah. Maybe that is. Jeff, welcome to the program. Where am I wrong, Jeff? Help me out. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong. And, you know, I've been... I've been listening, and you know what you guys are saying is 100% true. And I understand that Matt Campbell, as the coach, as the leader, has to say those things to an extent. Um, but at the same extent, you have presidents, you have players, you have you have fans, but you have boosters. Um, I don't know what he's trying to sell. And you know, I've said this on the show before. You know, out of the playoff, you know, out of those four teams. These bowls mean, to me, absolutely nothing. Now, I know we're going to watch, and the kids got to play, and the kids got to coach, but it's got to a point now where the you know these Outback Bowls or the dot-com bowls, there's Sun Bowl, yada, yada, yada. I don't know how, after listening to Campbell speak, I don't know how you're going to sell a, a piece of crap bowl January 4th, possibly, to have 50,000 Iowa State fans go if we're just talking about ribbons. And, well, these men played hard. Well, at the end of the day, and you guys have said it, I don't care if you're coaching middle school basketball, high school, Division three, Division two. it does not matter. At the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, as a coach, as a coach, how, how are we going to sell down the road, Matt Campbell going to Michigan, USC, LSU, wherever he may go down the road? Now, if I'm a president of LSU and I hear him talk about this, that's never going to work at a big time program. Like <laughs> nowhere that. would it work, no. except apparently in Ames. This should work nowhere, Jeff. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. This the, the, nowhere this should work. Ogeron did did he get fired because you know the punter wasn't getting along with the offensive line? I mean, how do you know this? How do you measure togetherness? A successful year is how it's based on how together the team is? No, it's not. A successful year is getting to Dallas and playing for a Big 12 championship, doing something you've never done before, taking the next step. At 6-4, and four, it seems to me like the goalposts have moved significantly. And that's not right. And that should not be acceptable to any one of you. None of you. And yet I see yourself twisting yourselves in knots to come up with the reason that your guy, and I get it, you love him and you should, until that came out of his mouth yesterday. And I believe after that, you have to look at this cat differently. You really do. You wonder a lot, I think. It's... I get he's coach speak. He is it to a T. It is personified 
When you look at Coach Speak, Matt Campbell's right there. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything to the media. That's who he is, and that's okay. You don't have a problem with that. We dealt with it on the other side of the state for 23 years. <laughs> There's those guys out there, and it's fine. And you ultimately can understand what they're saying, what they're trying to get to when they come up with these things. And there's going to be missteps with this one. This is more than a misstep. This is a bad message, I think, to a disappointing team. Mm -hmm. This is a bad message to your fan base. This is a bad message to the guys inside that locker room. Well, how could there be more than one goal in the locker room? The coaches have their own set of goals, and the players want right. to win. They want to win, but the coaches aren't with them. You know, we just want you guys to be together. We want you to all get along. Oh, and twelve, but that's okay. We're together. Look at us. Look at us. We're hanging in there. We're still all. We're still all hanging out together. We're having fun on the plane. On the plane ride home after you get beat. No, no. You've taken the program to a place that looks you're about to take ex and that next step, as hard as that next step is anywhere. But, to, but now to take this step backwards, it's indefensible. This is sports. This is sports. Look you at keep the score. Right. That's what you do. I don't get, I mean, is this, is this where sports is heading? Honestly. That's a, I think it's a fair question. What is, is this what you want out of your program? Does it not matter to you if you don't win? As long as the team's together and I see about the molding of men, okay, you can do that whether you win or you lose. The scoreboard is at the end of the stadium for a reason. The standings are in the paper online for a reason. Caller asked, I think, a pretty pertinent question. You couldn't hop on with this, but I thought it was a good one. And is it something with the locker room? Is he losing the locker room? Is well, that? Should, well, I mean, that couldn't have helped yesterday. Well, and maybe this is a direction he went where it is becoming fractured, and the the togetherness is actually separating. Well, they they, they should be. I, I I understand that in that locker room, they've got to be all of them, especially the ones that came back instead yes. of getting to the next phase of their life. Charlie, this, Charlie Kohler did not come back right. to go to Houston on January fourth. No, of course, he didn't. And take on whomever, whoever. Right. In front of 15,000 mm -hmm. people. That's not why you he came, came back. back because you got a taste of what it's like to be at the big boy table. You were in a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't care if there was a COVID year or not. You played for a New Year's Six Bowl. You came back because you were so close. You got a taste of what the food tastes like here. And now you wanted to take it one step further. And you didn't get there. And you know what? You don't always get there. And you're disappointed. But your coach isn't. Your coach isn't. Your coach is good because... He still thinks that this team can even get closer in the final two games and then on to the bowl game. And that's what he said. Those goals are still out there. His goals are still out there of being close. This from uh, Zona Clone. Big thank you. He listens and uh, tweets us quite a bit. I get it. Campbell's kind of bothers me too, but it's typical MC coach speak. Whatever, as long as he keeps program on upward trajectory, he's winning. Is he? No. This is not an upward trajectory. Well, Trent, I shouldn't say that because yesterday I would have said no because they're six and four, mm -hmm. but apparently we measure differently now. Hey, that's moving the goalpost in a big time way, isn't it? Mm. If you if it's not about your win loss record, it's all about togetherness. Yeah. yeah, maybe he is winning. Maybe we're just looking at this wrong, Ken. Maybe we have. Maybe we should be on one oh four point one the light. <laughs> is that where sports is heading? Honest I, to God. I hope not.
I mean, we're two old guys yelling no, at clouds no. right now, maybe. I feel bad for you. <laughs> I'm on the 18th hole in the green. Yeah, I'm just uh, turning the back nine. <laughs> it's 1025 on Miller and Condon, and time for another $1,000 handoff. Hey, if you don't win, at least you tried. Text the keyword GRAND to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 GRAND to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. 1025, Michael Swain on Iowa State next. Kenny White will head to Vegas. He's got a handful of games to opine on. David Kaplan. Uh, catch up with Cappy at 11.05 and Mitch Holtis at 11.30. Never even touched on Loyola leaving the Valley, which is not a good news. No, that was not, not a all. good story yesterday. Uh, one of the uh, heavy heads in that conference who's brought a lot of money into that conference with their success the last couple of years is pulling up stakes. We will, uh, I'm sure, find time for that later on. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Performance for men. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you here until noon. Gary Barda, we need to discuss him at some point as well, what he said. I know it's a TV show. It is a TV show. Set aside watching the games. Oh, that's certainly part of it. Statistically, in about every category, offensively and defensively, Michigan comes out on top. But disregard what you just saw with your own two eyes. One team beating the other. (laughs) There is more to it than that. I saw with my own two eyes Michigan State beating Michigan. Do I think Michigan's a better team? I do. You think Ohio State's better than Oregon? I do. Absolutely do. I, but then say that. Yeah. That, that's what it's about. Right. Um, let's get to our friend Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. He was in the room, and guess, I'm, I'm guessing he spent most of the day in Ames yesterday. Worked out pretty well. Do a little cover a press conference, talk mm-hmm. to the players, bang out a story, make your way over to Hilton, watch the game, rinse and repeat. Hello, Michael Swain. How are you? Doing good. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. Was in Ames just about all yesterday and had a busy day. Indeed it was. Let's do, uh, I do want to save some time for basketball uh, and to get your report on uh, what you saw yesterday. Disappointing shooting day, but they've now already surpassed their win total of last year. Um, regardless of what was said, and Campbell could have announced that players were out for the year or made some announcement that caught everybody off guard, it would have been trumped by um, how he was how he answered Ben Visser's question about goals uh, and the fact that his goal seemingly is not the same as his players' goal, that he's okay if they don't win Big 12 championships as long as this team is together. I've never heard a coach say anything as ridiculous in my entire life. Uh, what, what, what was the room like when he said it? Um, oh, I'm not sure if tense is the right word, but I think you could certainly feel the um, Campbell's emotion about that question because I, I looked at back at it after and I transcribe all of his press conferences and I feel like I have a pretty good memory and I never recall him ever saying that the goal was to win a Big 12 championship. You know, that's something that players have talked a lot mm-hmm. about and something that players have very much vocalized. You know, I think Will McDonald after the Oklahoma State game said that, you know, the guys came back to win a championship and that they're treating every week like it is their championship. Um, and I think that Campbell rightfully could push back against the idea of having those words put in his mouth that he did say that winning a Big 12 championship was the goal when, in fact, you know, he didn't necessarily say that. Where I think his point was that he wants the team to become the best version of itself it can be, which if you look at the talent that this team does have, 
that probably would mean you're winning a Big 12 title if that team becomes the best it can be. So I, I think that you can kind of read around what Campbell was saying. He doesn't want to put that out there because, of course, then you're kind of setting these goals that he's not about because then you get too caught up in the big picture of where things are headed rather than doing what Campbell likes, which is focusing week to week on just getting better. So uh, I certainly understand his response. I, I think that at some degree, too, I think everyone in the program, that was the goal, whether Campbell kind of verbalized it publicly or not. Is there any concern that this is something that leaks into the locker room that, boy, our coach doesn't even care about winning championships? It just It's something that we have rarely, if ever, seen before, a coach speaking in these kind of platitudes. Is it something that could be a concern inside that locker room in your mind? I don't think so, because I think the players understand who Matt Campbell is, and I think that they have a, uh, a relationship with him that I think – Here's a good example. Charlie Kohler's been around the program for a long time. He gives Campbell a hard time during press conferences sometimes. And I think that they have a special relationship where, you know, if Campbell, for example, last year he told a story about how Campbell is going on and using a lot of his kind of cliche words, you know, and Charlie Kohler started kind of imitating him and making fun of him. And the guys know who Matt Campbell is, and they know that he's very much a process-driven head coach. And you sign up for that when you commit to Iowa State and you sign up to Iowa State and you arrive on campus. So I certainly don't think that should take any of the players by surprise because I'd be pretty surprised if Campbell in meetings was talking about, hey, we need to go win a Big 12 title. I think that he, Campbell, very much what he says in the media is similar, I believe, to probably what he's saying to these players, which is if we focus on getting better week to week and we become the best versions of ourselves, you know, you can imagine what that leads to, but you have to kind of do it first before you can get kind of caught up in the result of things. Can a coach's goals and, a, and the team's goals be different? Shouldn't they be in sync? Yes, they should be in sync. And uh, But I think it does go back to the, the process of how you get there, right? Players are very much going to be focused on the end goal, and Campbell is very solely focused on how do we beat Oklahoma this week. And last week it was how do we beat But if he doesn't, it doesn't really matter as long as they're together. I don't get it, Michael. I think sports is changing. I don't think it's for the best. I really don't. Do they all get ribbons? I mean, I don't get the quote. I'll never get, I'll never be able to decipher what he said and how he's trying to, you know, because I can't hear it any other way than winning doesn't matter to me as long as we're together as long as we don't have the most together team in the history of Iowa State if we're three and nine you know what so be it yeah and I certainly do understand that and I think that to some degree you know he's competitive and I know that winning games is important I think you can sense that maybe a little bit of frustration with the way the last few weeks have gone but I do understand it and I I can certainly understand why maybe people from the outside um Maybe they don't even follow Iowa State, see that, and are like, why does he care about winning when I think that's genuinely who Matt Campbell is as a head coach, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how he deals with these things, and I think people can you know, disagree with it. I, I think I certainly would disagree with maybe the way that he pushed back, but you know, who am I? You know, it's, it's just who he is as a head coach, and I don't see that really changing. And a win against Oklahoma, it doesn't alleviate everything. But it certainly changes the perception, and though it won't go down as the greatest season ever or anything like that, certainly would, uh, I think, help a lot of people out, including inside that program, getting a victory after these tough losses, including last week against Texas Tech. So let's take a quick look at the game. Oklahoma take their first loss last week against Baylor. What concerns you? What excites you? Break down this game for us, Iowa State-Oklahoma. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I look at is the quarterback position because you look at Iowa State this year and the quarterbacks that have given Iowa State kind of the most trouble have been the mobile quarterbacks. You look at Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. He had a a very solid game against Iowa State. 
You look at the Texas Tech quarterback mm-hmm. last week who was more of a mobile quarterback, gave Iowa State some issues. Now you look at Caleb Williams, who is the five-star version of those two quarterbacks, right, the elite talent that is at the quarterback position. So that's a big concern for me. And I think the defensive backs for Iowa State, they have not been very convincing in recent weeks. And I do worry about a them going against a, a super-talented you know, Oklahoma wide receiving core that, granted, has not maybe had its best season, but at the end of the day, the talent is there to make big plays, and we've seen that Iowa State's defense can be subject to big plays. And I think on the other side of things, I'm really curious to see what the offensive line looks like. It's been a group that mm-hmm. has gone up and down at times this season, right? Against Texas, I thought they were really good, and I think in the kind of the, the losses, West Virginia and Texas Tech, that group has not been very good. And I think you look in general, across the board and you look at Oklahoma's defensive line, you've got two of the best edge rushers in the Big 12, and then you're going against a a tackle in Derek Schweiger, who is not the most athletically gifted, right? He's a really good guard, but now he's playing tackle. He's more of kind of a balling type. So I'm curious to see how he will fare against kind of the super athletes that Oklahoma has. And then it'll be a tough test for Jared Hufford, too, kind of Mm -hmm. the the guy that was inserted here midseason at left tackle. So I'm real curious because I think, if you're looking for a formula of Iowa State to win this game, offensive line needs to play its best game of this season, and I think the defense needs to kind of shed the bad performances, and those defensive backs really need to play out of their minds. And when you look at kind of how banged up the defense does look at times, right, where Jake Hummel's getting kind of looked at off the field, Eddie Rodriguez being helped off the field a couple times, Will McDonald missed some snaps. Man, I'm, I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but I'm a little concerned about that defense going into the game just because it seems like those guys are so banged up right now. Yeah, it really does. Uh, this is, um, I don't want to say it's, it's a turning, it's not a turning point anymore because, uh, the goals that they, we thought they had are, are no longer attainable, but it will be interesting. And your point about mobile quarterbacks, I think it's spot on. Bohannon ran the ball a little bit when plays broke down. Smith last mm, week. Yeah. Um, I mean, another perfect example of it. These are the kind of quarterbacks that give Iowa State fits. So, uh, we shall see. And in the secondary, what, what's gone on there? Because, Boy, quarterbacks are really doing some business through the air against this Iowa State secondary. Yeah, I genuinely don't know. I think it, I personally was able to maybe diagnose some of that stuff against West Virginia, where it seemed like West Virginia, if Iowa State's cornerbacks played off, they went underneath. If the cornerbacks played closer, they went over the top, where Texas Tech, it just seemed like guys were just getting beat. It wasn't necessarily like an alignment issue. Just guys were getting beat one-on-one. And that's kind of a group that mm-hmm. I think if you look even back to last year, what was Iowa State's weakness on defense? It wasn't the run game. It was giving up kind of big plays in the passing game with the safety position. So I think this has been an issue for Iowa State, I think, for multiple years now. And it's just kind of a question of how you kind of find the right way to fix it. And I think with the current guys they have, it's going to be tough, right? Anthony Johnson's a good cornerback, but Daytron Young has been spotty. And now you're kind of looking at maybe, okay, Next year, you have maybe a younger group, um, but you've got some highly talented guys like Miles Purchase, you know, TJ Tampa. Mm-hmm. Those two guys are the future at corner, and they have kind of the intangible measurements that you look for. So maybe that's something that will get improved kind of over the next two years. But I think for this season, it's just kind of tough to see a drastic improvement with guys that are kind of more proven commodities. Uh, basketball from last night, just real quick, uh, just watching the game. Yeah. Uh, you know who encouraged me was was Jones. I thought maybe that was his best moments as, as a Cyclone fan. Boy, they really struggled to shoot the basketball, didn't they? One for 20 from beyond three. Grilled, couldn't make a shot to save his life uh, in, in the game. But I was impressed by Jones. Um, and who else kind of caught my eye? Well, Jones, I guess, specifically. We know what Hunter brings huh. to the floor in the Big Ten transfers. But it was good to see Robert Jones having some good minutes. 
Definitely. And I think you mentioned the shooting thing. That's going to be the, the issue all season. I think you look up and down the roster, and if Gabe Kalsher isn't knocking down three-point shots, you don't necessarily have a ton of guys that are proven mm-hmm. at this level. So I think that the encouraging thing if you're an Iowa State fan right now is you look at the style of basketball that Iowa State's playing, you can see there's an identity. You can see the way that T.J. Altsberger wants his team to play, where you're going to get after guys on defense and you're going to play really efficient offense. This is something that I've kind of tried to track early on in the season is what type of shots Iowa State is taking. And a lot of it is, you know, you're not shooting mid-range shots. Where if you watched them last year, man, how many mid-range shots did they take? Where this year it's specifically shooting the ball at the rim or shooting the ball behind the three-point arc. And if you're doing that, you're going to play efficiently. And then they're getting out in transition, trying to get easy buckets that way. So there's really an identity you can see kind of forming with Iowa State. Is it going to lead to a bunch of wins this season? You know, there'll be times where the three-point shooting will let them down, but I think if they do have one of those games where they get hot from three, I mean, maybe you see them upset someone. So I think you can be really encouraged with what you've seen from this basketball team so far. All right, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Michael, great stuff. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you, Michael Swain. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Michael Swain checking in on the Cyclones. We'll take a timeout. We'll check in on Las Vegas. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. That's next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Wolfroofing.net. Head to Vegas, shall we? Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon and 106.3 KXNO. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. A couple of minutes late, Kenny. Good uh, good morning. Thank you for doing this for us. Let's get right into your slate of games before we save some time to talk about uh, Kenny White Sports. Michigan and Penn State uh, has the feel of a, a pretty big game this weekend. Uh, how do we see this one? feel like it's Groundhog's Day, Michigan and Penn State. I know the winner of that game, Ken. Who is it? <laughs> yeah, that was last week's game. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Kenny, we were talking here. You said you hadn't sent along the slate of games yet over to Ken, but I know one that we talked about before we came on air here. I'm really looking forward to this. Cincinnati, they've been obviously a conversation piece all week long as they uh, go up against SMU. An SMU team that got off to that undefeated start, then hit the skids a little bit here but still a very talented team and a very talented quarterback in Mordecai. What do you see? SMU, Cincinnati, do the Bearcats finally take that first loss? Boy, I think they're feeling the pressure. Uh, 0-4 ATS the last four weeks. Uh, I expected them to be in blowout mode and, you know, get those uh, bonus points for winning big, but there's too much pressure, I think, on them right now. And then at home, this might even be more pressure, and SMU's playing free and easy. You mentioned the 7-0 start. Seven-point loss at Houston, who's an exceptionally good football team, and they'll be playing Cincinnati. Uh, Memphis, um, they lost by three at Memphis, another good, uh, well-coached team, good team. Then they blew out UCF last week, who was playing very good football. So I like how Sonny Dykes' team is playing. I'll go against the team with the pressure on them here. I'll take the, the uh, I think it was up to up to 12 at one point, then to 13, um, back to 12. So uh, anywhere in there, double digits with SMU is a play for me. Yeah, let's, uh, you're, you're 100% right. Cincinnati's, we, at least we would have thought they needed to have a statement game. Um, and they certainly haven't since they've uh, moved into the rankings. Well, let's try and find a Big Ten game that hasn't been played because it's much more difficult uh, than if we don't know the score. Let's do Michigan State and Ohio State. Let's stay in the Big Ten East. Sparty's on the road in the shoe. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, what a big game. Uh, Ohio State 7-0 and in the East, Michigan State 6-1. and They have the win over Michigan. Uh, this would be a great game for them to win, but a huge favorite Ohio State. So I, I, I like the dog. I mean, we're talking about they need to win the game, obviously, to get in the Big Ten championship game. Um, I think they have a chance to hang around and stay close. Obviously, if they fall behind, they make mistakes, they turn the ball over, things can escalate, and this Ohio State team can just them route them. But I think with Kenneth Walker, the offensive line, uh, they're going to be able to run the football. Their best defense is going to be their offense and keeping Ohio State off the field. and That has to be Mel Tucker's game plan. He's a defensive guy. Uh, his defense has struggled against the pass, and I'm sure that's something they've talked about this week. But again, they'll have to run the ball. Kenneth Walker will have to be the star in this game. And I think Michigan State's going to come in fired up. I don't think they can win the game, but I think they can hang around within three touchdowns. Got anything in state this week? Iowa State goes on the road for Oklahoma. Sooners off their first loss of the year. And Illinois minus Brett Bielema. Don't know if that impacts things for you as they go on the road to Kinnick Stadium to take on the Hawkeyes. Anything in state for you this week? Yeah, the Iowa State game is uh, interesting. Um, Oklahoma coming off the loss to get the bubble burst theory, but I'm sure Lincoln Riley has been able to talk his team in. He's got his coach has got to be salesman, and he's got to be selling his players that we still have a chance. If we're if we're twelve and one, we win the conference, we win the conference championship. At twelve and one, we're getting in the college football playoff. So I. Minus four at home. Uh, Iowa State's very good. I've got them ranked 12th best in the country. They got three losses, but they're all within one score. This team could very easily be undefeated this year. Uh, Oklahoma, though, I have still have number six, and I think they just had a bad game. They weren't prepared as well as Baylor was, and Baylor was really rocking and rolling that game. Their players were jumping up and down. There was a lot of energy with Baylor. I think you'll see Oklahoma bounce back here in this one. Hate to tell you that, Iowa State fans, but I think the Sooners get the win here and the cover. You know, uh, earlier this week, Circus Sports put on an advance line on the SEC Championship. Uh, Alabama and Georgia, of course, for the game to matter, betting-wise, it has to be played for it to be action. But they made it Georgia 3. I was kind of surprised that Georgia was only giving 3 to Alabama. Uh, If you were setting the line, is that where you would have been as well? Did you like the line? Did it make sense to you? No, it didn't make sense to me. I, I think there's a bigger difference right now between the two teams. I haven't seen enough of Alabama's offense to say that they can hang around with Georgia. Uh, Georgia's offense has been just as good as Bama's, if not better. And we know the Georgia defense is the better better unit. So uh, my number, my difference in the two teams right now is five and a half points between the two. But I thought the betting line, just the public would be in love with Georgia. I thought the betting line would be six or six and a half in this game. So I think three is, there's some value, some uh, expected value laying three with Georgia right now. How about Oregon, Utah? I think it surprised some people out there that Utah opened up as a favorite. I love this Utah team. There's been some hiccups this year. What do you see out west in the top 25 showdown? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Number four, number mm-hmm. three in the AP poll, Oregon is an underdog uh, to anybody. And I don't know if Utah's even ranked. I think they're 24th in the they AP are. poll. Yep. But this is a good football team. They lost a couple games early. Their quarterback, Charlie Brewer, was a Baylor transfer, wasn't 100% healthy. Uh, he wasn't the guy, retired from football. Uh, Cameron Rising took over, and since Rising's taken over, this team's just a different football team. They show a lot of confidence with him at quarterback. 
Um, the best coach in the conference, maybe one of the top ten in the entire country, top five maybe, Kyle Whittingham for Utah. He's 32-17 and 17 ATS against Pac-12 schools. Um, I think there's a coaching mismatch. I think there's a very strong home field advantage here for Utah in this game. I think they, they're almost as good. I have Oregon number nine in the country. I have Utah number 12. So a very slim margin for Oregon in the talent side. But I think the coaching and the home crowd will win this game for Utah. I think they win this football game by 7 to 10 points. Uh, last thing for me before we talk about Kenny White Sports, KennyWhiteSports.com. Who's the top 10 team that, for whatever reason, the pollsters love that you're still at this uh, late in the season? You, you, it doesn't make sense to you. Is there one? Um, let me look real quick. I'll pull that up. i uh, take a quick look because I haven't looked at theirs. I'm only looking at mine. Um, Notre Dame is right there. I guess at Notre Dame, I have 18th right now. So Notre Dame maybe is the one that, uh, is snuck in there. Wake Forest, I still don't have that rated high as either. I have Wake Forest number 20 in the country. And they're 10. And Notre Dame is They're eight. 10, yeah. yeah. Uh, Utah was, uh, uh, 23 last night, uh, in, in the playoff rankings. So are the right four teams in the playoff rankings at uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State? If not, who would you kick out and put in? I would, you know, here's, here's the biggest surprise, maybe of all. Um, Wisconsin is right now playing the best football of almost anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Their defense is playing at Georgia's level. Their offense is clicking in all cylinders. They got off to a horrible start this year, yep. but this Wisconsin team is steamrolling people. I actually have Wisconsin tied with Cincinnati at the four spot. Um, I have, I have the, uh, well, boy, they don't have Ohio State three. I think Ohio State's better than Oregon. I guess they're going to use Oregon ahead of Ohio mm-hmm. State because that win on the road. But it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State for me, and then Wisconsin and Cincinnati tied for four, Michigan six with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and then Oregon. So uh, right there. 30 seconds left, Kenny. Tell us about KennyWhiteSports.com. Yeah, a lot of great stuff going on. The site's expanding every day. Uh, five sports we have now for the PowerRatings.com. The best value in sports, nineteen ninety nine a month. You get the power ratings from NBA, NHL, college basketball, NFL, and college football. The projections for the games coming up, and then you also get our newsletter. That's the nine ninety nine newsletter. That's forty bucks a month, but you get it for nineteen ninety nine plus all the power ratings. So, a lot of good information, and it's uh, growing every day. The site. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Kenny White. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks for having me. You. Have a great week. Yep, you too. Uh, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Cappy kicks off hour number two. Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs. Miller in Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.